Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back. This is episode four of the Night Report podcast. Uh, I'm your co-host, Michael Broadbent. Joining us once again, Richie Schneiderite, Chris Nowalski. How's it going, guys? It's going good. Can't complain right now. Uh, it's been an ugly past three games, but we're back. Yeah, it's good to be back. I, I missed you guys last week, and uh, no, I'm ready to get rolling here. So, yeah, like you guys kind of mentioned, it's been a rough three-game stretch. Uh, Michigan State. It didn't like at no, at no point did it really feel like they were blowing us out. They just kept hitting big play after big play after big play. And I, I would probably say it's our worst effort game of the season. We just looked bad um, in all phases of the game. What was your guys read on how the game went on Saturday? I mean, the offense was God awful. They couldn't block anything. And then the defense gave up the fifth time ever in, in FBS history that the teams had 300-yard passer, 200-yard rusher, and 200-yard receiver. So, I mean, the, the cornerbacks got torched. Um, mm-hmm. They couldn't tackle Kenneth Walker at all. I know he had one big run that was like a 90-plus-yard run, and that kind of uh, – Yeah, 94, yeah. Yeah, that helped his stats quite a bit. But at the same time, like, they couldn't tackle shit. It was bad. It was really bad. And if you watch, like – there's a little tw- uh, a guy on Twitter does, like, funny film, re- film room reviews. If you watch that 94-yard run, it's just really bad. Like, the hips on Avery Young on the one tackle or mm-hmm. missed tackle, the, mm-hmm. the linebacker play on, the, on, that, on that same play, it was just oh, – it was, it was bad. It was really bad. Yeah, and then the big plays is what Rutgers is really searching for itself on offense. Um, they haven't really been able to hit any big plays. It's been a, a big talking point this week at practice and everything with the guys. Um, yeah, they just – Michigan State was just was just better, and 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 like you said, like I, I never thought that Michigan State was was blowing Rutgers out. Uh, Rutgers was leading in the very beginning. Uh, they had a couple opportunities near near the goal line where they had to settle for the, for uh, field goals, and that and you know if they get in the end zone, you know it's a whole different ball game. Um, but like you said, yeah, we, uh, you know, yeah, we started a drive at what like the thirteen yard line, and got like negative yardage, had to take a field goal, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, there you go, right there, and then. Like you said, Richie, the secondary obviously, you know, just didn't really play well at all. Um, the guys at Michigan State just looked faster. Their receivers were electric there. Um, you know, it's just one of those games where, you know, Michigan State was just better, and I guess they won the battle of the chop. And it was weird, too, because uh, <laughs> Shiano's gotten a lot of uh, criticism for maybe a little over-aggressiveness in play calls, especially on fourth downs to the first few games. Mm-hmm. Then there was a play. I think it was fourth and two from the 47. We decided to punt. It gets down at the six-yard line. Next play, Kenneth Walker, 94-yard touchdown. So, yeah, it seems like there was a little overcorrection there. Um, I guess if we're looking at positives, the only thing I could really pull out of this game is some of our young players, especially the freshmen, actually look pretty good. Like Elijah Clark, Tyreen Powell, Keontae Hamilton making some plays. Desmond and Igbenusen got in the game. Is this something you guys can see moving forward that we're going to see more young guys, or is that more of because of so many injuries we had in that game? I mean, I think that people just the cornerbacks, especially like you got to step up or your spot's gone. Like mm-hmm. there, there's no loyalty in college football. It's if, if you're not playing well, you're out next guy, next man up. So, I mean, I think Elijah Clark earned himself a lot more playing time. That was a beautiful catch, by the way. If you watch the replay on it, it's like this close to hitting the ground and he just snagged it somehow. But uh, him, I think even probably going to be the main backup safety. I think he, uh, Shiano said on Monday, Izzy's good to go. So mm-hmm. I don't think you'll see much of him as long as Izzy and stays healthy. Uh, who's the other one? Tyreen Powell. Tyreen Powell is going to be a three-year, four-year starter. I I guess four-year, three-year, three-year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, my math is so bad. Uh, he'll be he'll be a three-year starter in my opinion. I think he fills in right where Fadukasi leaves off. But other than that, I mean, you'll, you'll see a couple young bucks. Jesse Parsons got some playing time. Mm-hmm. If Kirkshank's yeah. not healthy, I think you see him back there as a kick returner and even slot guy. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, th- I think the youth movement's going to start, especially because uh, got to get these guys some uh, some snaps. Yeah, yeah. One other guy I want to mention is Aaron Lewis. Um, he played he played a lot last year, uh, but the past two games he's um he had 
either either you know just around the same amount of snaps as Mike Tverdov or more than Mike Tverdov in the game. Uh, Mike Tverdov, you know, great guy, great you know has a high motor, but he hasn't really done much this season. Um, Aaron Lewis feels like he's played you know better than than Mike has, and um, you know maybe we'll see more of Aaron Lewis going going forward. Another you know second year freshman guy transferred from Michigan uh, from from Jersey. So um, you know as as a Big Ten program, you need a good defensive lineman and. Maybe and maybe he steps in, you know, going forward. Yeah, right. yeah. Just want to touch on the backup kick returner position a little bit. Uh, so Josh Youngblood seems to be like this year's like everybody's asking about him all the time kind of question. It doesn't surprise me that he's not playing as a receiver, but it kind of does surprise me that he's not even second team kick returner, given that he was like all Big Ten is or all Big Twelve his freshman year. Um, so that's a little disappointing. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely interesting, but I do think Jesse Parsons might be just as fast, if not faster. So, I mean, you're not losing much there. In terms of punt return, I don't get the putting Avery Young back there at all. Mm-hmm. One yeah. of your starting safeties, number one, so you don't want to get him hurt. Number two, it, every time he does, he goes back there. It's a fair catch. It makes no yep. makes no sense whatsoever, especially when you have a weapon like a Jesse Parsons or a Krupschenk or Heck, you know what? I'd even probably try like a longer beam type guy back there. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot of like special or potential return guys on this team that they could use. They just, I, I wonder if it's a trust thing or they just want to make sure that they don't have any miscues, like a muff pun or whatever. Yeah, they, they really yeah. haven't done much in terms of punt returns this year at all. I mean, uh, I guess Krukshank had the one, uh, one that returned for a touchdown, but other than that, it's been relatively quiet in terms of punt returns and kick returns. I guess people are just starting to shy away because they're not, they're not stupid. They're like, they know Krukshank's back there. <laughs> But I don't know. I, I think you'll see more Parsons this week if Kirkshank can't go. And I think he's that he's the next guy up. Yeah, it's Have definitely you, interesting. I'm I'm actually a little shocked about you about young blood not getting you know more chances in this in special teams. Um but yeah, Avery Young, uh going back to the punt thing, um, you know, he's he's basically caught fair fair caught uh, punts like pretty much every time uh since you started doing it uh you know past couple of years. So I get and, and like I said, I guess it's a trust thing back there. They don't want uh, you know, the opposing team, maybe, you know, getting good field position, you know, after a punt. So. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So I guess moving forward into next week, have you guys heard anything regarding injuries or is that still up? In the, I know they're pretty tight lipped about that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. Shannon will never say anything. He's got a leg, he's got an arm, he's got a foot. I don't even know at this point. Um, they're going to be relatively quiet about that until you mm-hmm. probably hear about like hour before game time or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, everything's pretty mum. They're not going to say a word. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's really all we got on injuries. Yes, yeah. I I know I know Monday Shannon said that Christian Izzy and Invedral were good to go, mm-hmm. um, but the other guys like Bo Melton, Cookshank, uh, Raekwon, and, and and guys like that, they're they're going to see as the week as the week goes on. So makes sense. Yep. Gotcha. Uh, so I guess moving forward, talk a little bit about recruiting. We had a few basketball official visitors this past weekend. Uh, that guy, Mongolian Mike, I don't even want to try and pronounce his last name. Uh, and then Desmond Claude also was official vis- was an official visitor. Um, did you guys hear anything regarding their official visits? Where do we stand with those guys? Yeah, so, I mean, both official visits went pretty well, from what I was told. Um, Mike Shavajadamitz or something like that. Uh, Mongolian Mike, as uh, he's called on YouTube. He's, he looks pretty good on YouTube. I'm shocked he doesn't have more offers. Played a prolific prep for a little bit. Now he's at uh, Andrews Osborne Academy in Ohio. So, um, I mean, it's possible Rutgers could get two Ohio commits in this uh, 2022 basketball class, which I, I don't think anyone saw coming a month ago, maybe. So um, it, he's, he's an interesting player. I heard it went very, very well with him. I think he could be pretty close to committing, not 100% yet. He's, uh, he's very hard to get in touch with, I'll tell you that much. And um, who was the other one? Desmond Claude. Desmond Claude took his first official visit. He's going to take a couple more before making a decision. I don't think he ends up at Rutgers. I think Rutgers takes one more kid in this class and it's probably going to be that forward type that uh, Mongolian Mike kind of fits. So that, that's really all I got in terms of hoops. It's already a three-man class. I think four is tops. You could probably sneak a fifth depending on if they get a tran- if someone transfers out or not. But overall, I mean, uh, that, it's a very underrated class for Michael. I think um, a lot of people are going to like this class when all is said and done. Yeah, one kid who was an official visitor earlier in the year, I think his name's Kobe Clinkman, decided today, and he's going to Maryland. So yeah, that's one guy off the board. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was between it Maryland. It was like the last hour, I think. Yeah, it was Maryland, Loyola, and uh, Rutgers. Once he left uh, the Rutgers visit, I heard, I heard Rutgers was kind of just like, no, nah, we're out. So hmm. what are you going to do? 
Gotcha. Uh, another thing that's uh, starting to heat up is the transfer portal. Um, a few guys who uh, Rutgers had, I guess this is a time where if you want to preserve that year of eligibility, you can transfer out of your current school. A few guys that uh, Rutgers recruited heavily, uh, starting with that guy, Kerry Martin, you just retweeted something about. Um, there was another guy, a tight end at uh, Syracuse I saw. Um, I saw that one. That transferred some guy, Morris. Um, he's a freshman. I don't know if we're actually going after him, but do you guys think it'll be a heavy transfer portal year for Rutgers uh, this offseason or this in-season? Uh, Chris, you want to go or you want me to go? Uh, no, I'll go. You, you got it, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, the, the one you were just talking about, the DB, Kerry Martin out of West Virginia. I actually uh, put in a future cast for him at one point for Rutgers. He was, like, yeah. this close to committing. It was, like, I forget the exact dates, but it was, like, the 26th and 27th. He was going to go to West Virginia and then go to uh, Rutgers the next day and commit to, at Rutgers. And he just ended up uh, ended up committing at West Virginia on that visit. So he was very close to committing under uh, Ash and crew. Played a lot of quarterback in high school. Moved to DB at West Virginia. Um, based on what I read, he did pretty decent. I don't know what the deal was in terms of him leaving, but he's that tall, lengthy cornerback uh, safety type that Rutgers, that Rutgers loves. So, I mean, I, he'd be one to watch if I was a – if I was a fan or anyone on the message board, I don't see the other uh, the Syracuse guy. What was his name? Morris. Last name's Morris. No, I don't. I don't uh, see him at all. But that's all right. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure who he is exactly. I have to look more into that. Um, there's going to be a ton of dudes in the transfer portal, as you said. It's starting to heat up because people want to save that redshirt year. Um, I do think they're going to add at least. I originally said it like four to five transfers, but you got to keep that number, that total number of scholarships under 80, 85 or under. And I don't know how they're going to be able to do that because they they're already pushing the limit now with what was it 14, 15 coming in, maybe 16 if they can add another DB or so. Um, they, they need they need to cut some weight or cut some fat, as some people say. You're going to have to get some get rid of some of these guys or push them out. It, it sucks to say, but it's it's going to happen. It happens everywhere. Mm-hmm. If guys aren't playing, they're buried on the depth chart. I could see them transferring out, or maybe some of the seniors that have that extra year next year just don't come back. So. It, it's going to have to be invited back, right? I think after four years, right, or five years, whatever it is, they have to technically be invited back. So I, there could be a lot of guys that just aren't invited back. And I do think you're going to see a lot of transfers, whether that's in the next few weeks or at the end of the season. I think you'll see a pretty big lump sum of transfers out of Rutgers. What would you say are the two to three positions that Rutgers needs an infusion of grad transfer type talent the most? I'll let Chris start. Yeah. Um, one, the, one position that I could think of right off the bat is the secondary in general. Um, you know, I know they have a lot of younger guys after the starters, but you're going to lose Trey Avery. You're going to lose Patrice Renee. Um, so, I mean, stocking up on, on corners again is, it would be critical in my, in my opinion. Um, another position always is, is offensive and defensive lines. Um, and maybe even linebacker too. Um, I know, I know we mentioned Tyron Powell before. There's a lot of really good, you know, younger linebackers on the roster, but you don't know if they're, you know, ready, ready for the college game in the big 10. So you have to, you know, kind of wait and see what that, but uh, the big 10 is always, you know, you always want to stock up a really good offensive line, defensive line guys. So uh, you might, uh, you might see some uh, more guys out there and Rutgers has done that in the past with, um, I'm, I'm on both sides of the ball too. So. See, now I'm, I'm going to um, disagree with you there. I think linebackers are perfectly fine. They got a bunch of young dudes coming up. Tyreen Powell looks phenomenal. Right. I think he steps in right away. Kyrie Benton's another four-star dude that's mm-hmm. going to dominate. Um, he reminds I'd be surprised if you don't see Moses Walker year one, too. He's going to be coming I, in as a mid-year too. guy. Yeah. And then Anthony Johnson, too. Like they, they have a ton of linebackers coming up through the ranks. Yeah, that's a good um, point. Good point. Kyrie Benton really reminds me of a Kasim Green type, like sideline-to-sideline mm. uh, sideline type dude that's going to get a ton of tackles. Um, after the main thing I would probably aim for, obviously offensive line, mm-hmm. if you can get an interior offensive lineman, you're losing your starting center in Crimin. Reggie Sutton, who knows if he's ever going to be hundred percent healthy again, it's, yep. it's a tough call because he's injured quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dries Pallion, I think has one more year technically. I think, well, I believe so. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you do need, and he's not, he's not like a world beater at, at, at right. guard like you need an interior guy badly holland pierce seems like he's kind of solidified the one tackle spot border and o'neill i think he can work with at the other tackle spot but you you need an interior guy that's rule number one mm-hmm. it's gonna be tough as hell because you you see it every interior or every offensive lineman that jumps in the portal they're moving up for the most part sure yeah um and 
yeah. it, it, it's a tough call. Like, uh, I think number two, though, I think you're right. You hit the nail on the head with the secondary. Mm-hmm. They need a cornerback. These And I don't even know if a transfer cornerback's the answer anymore because right. the two transfer cornerbacks got burnt last week in Trey Avery and Patrice Renee. Mm-hmm. I thought Renee would be a lot better than he is. Um, he's been struggling mightily. Maybe that injury's still lingering a little bit. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, I, I, it seemed like they brought him back as soon as Melton came uh, was suspended. So I was wondering if it was like an injury that they were hoping he didn't have to play on, but ended up having to. Well, I, ideally, going into next year, you have Melton as your number one again. Mm-hmm. Number two, I. Uh, uh, does Trey Avery have another year? I don't think so. Right? I don't We're think also so. getting Christian Braswell back. That's, that's what I was well. going to mention. Mm-hmm. He, he should be a solid number two, if not a slot guy at that point. He was a ball. If you've seen his highlights from Temple, he is a ball hawk. We haven't seen at Rutgers in a while. He's undersized. He's probably best served as a slot corner. But, mm-hmm. man, he just makes so many plays up in the air. It's crazy. Yeah, if you watch his 2019 tape, he looks fucking great. If you watch his 2020 <laughs> yeah. tape, it's like <laughs> – But like, like I talked to the Temple guys a couple times – they apparently moved him from number two corner in 2019 to number one corner in 2020. And it, that's kind of like where he was taking the brunt of his, uh, his wounds, I guess. But mm-hmm. uh, I think him and Melton. And then if you can add, I, I don't even know if you need a corner, actually. Elijah Clark could step in right away. It might be more of a safety need because Avery Young does graduate. Christian Izian is solid. And then maybe Igbenison next to him. It's going to be tough if these young guys can't step up within the next year, I, I think you have to like start looking for a corner or a safety. One of the DBs, you need to fix that a little bit. Um, you can't have these guys getting torched in like we saw this year. You need depth back there. If you don't have depth, you're kind of screwed. Look yep. at, you lose your top corner and look what happens. You get burnt by it. Yes. All, all, they all, they, the last three games are all against top 10 teams, but mm-hmm. you're still getting burnt left and right. It's not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In terms of like a program building thing, that's the hardest thing to do as a program is to build depth quality depth and that's what's going to take the longest we can get decent starters big 10 average starters but the guys below them as we've seen are not quite big 10 quality yeah. moment. And, that, and that's what Rutgers you know is really trying to trying to do they're trying to build the depth you know Shanna always talks about needing the depth in games um so yeah they have they have really good starters in, in general um but and, and you saw last year too when like Christian Isinger went down you know a, a walk-on safety had, had to come in so that that's something you really need to kind of avoid, you know, going forward. And that's what, um, I mean, and and they're recruiting at a high level, so I mean, going forward, it should be okay. I'd argue uh, also, and we didn't really talk about. It, I'd argue a defensive lineman. I know, maybe yes, yes. There's there's a couple interior guys still coming back next year between Hamilton, who looks like he's going to have be a three year starter at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, Majay has another year technically if he stays. Um, I I guess I an end at this point right mm-hmm. unless two way can be a three to three four down yeah, three down guy um i don't i don't know i mean you need a defensive lineman in general someone that could just pressure the quarterback you don't really have anyone that could do that right now right and Everybody's then have his struggles to had his struggles mm-hmm. like you mentioned mm-hmm. they, they need somebody yeah I, I i definitely think for sure you need defensive lineman. i think i, I think i mentioned that before too and then uh julius turner is going to be gone uh so guy you know need somebody to replace him and i know you mentioned keontae hamilton um, but you know, you, you don't know if he's going to be as good. And I know he has wrestling to focus on too. Um, but you know, I know, uh, Jamie Kuma is going to be still around, but definitely, definitely need to be able to stop the run in the big 10 and also get pressure on the quarterback. So definitely I would say interior defensive line more than outside. Yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. Uh, last year, it seemed like offensive line was a heavy focus of the portal for Rutgers. They just mm-hmm. missed on all the guys that they actually wanted, uh, which is unfortunate, but yeah. I mean, they have they have like six offensive linemen committed. I think it is around that number. So for the for the next year's class, so. who was that Utah State lineman? They almost landed. Oh, um, was there was actually two guards who were pretty good. Bloomfield was one. The other was one that basically they were told he was going to commit, and then he went on a visit to Minnesota and ended up there. Mm-hmm. So I know he's on Minnesota now. Minnesota. I want to look up how he's doing because that's one that they were extremely close to getting. Yep. Uh, I'm uh, to see that. He's, he was an interior guy too, right? Yeah, he was a guard. Yeah, that kind of hurts then a little bit. Yeah, it hurts a lot because <laughs> he was a he was a guy who was like first team all conference, I believe, as a as a true as a redshirt freshman. So he would have had three years. Um, I just I just saw one of uh, Minnesota's tackles. I mean, he's his name's Carter Sh- Carter Shaw. Carter Shaw. Oh, okay. so he's not even playing for them. He's played four snaps this year. I saw Curtis Dunlap just entered the portal too. Mm-hmm. IMG four-star kid, but uh, he, it looks like he kind of sucks. Yeah. 
his best games against Bowling Green this year. So that says it all. Yep. Yikes. <clears throat> all right. Uh, I mean, they're going to have to keep looking. Maybe yep. And you can't be going – I guess you could go Juco route again, maybe. But it doesn't look like it, that's really panning out either. So I think the transfer market is almost more exciting than the regular recruiting at this point because everything's coming in so, like, quick. And all these decisions, if they're any good, are usually within, like, a week. Like, most of these guys don't even make a visit on campus. They just kind of – because they, they have to decide for registering for spring semester and stuff. So I get why they have to decide quickly, but yeah, no, I, uh, I think it's more fun. It's, it's yeah. really fun to watch and it's, it's a little crazy and it's cool. Cause like some of these guys, like I have relationships with already, like talking to them in high school and then all of a sudden I'm like, Hey, I haven't talked to you in like three years. Where are you going? <laughs> and then there's going to be some big names. There are always some big names, but you know, yeah. I got like Spencer Rattler, who knows where he ends up. He's not going to come to Rutgers probably, but no, uh, I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if Rutgers, no, I can't say that. Um, I don't know if Rutgers would want him though. He's such a one read and one we thrown, yeah, one read quarterback. He's such a dick. Yeah. 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 Um, yes. <laughs> there's no other way to put it. Like, if you watch QB1, if you watch like, yes. the videos that um, Mike was talking about before, he's, he's just a dickhead. Like, yeah. And then I th- didn't the backup come in and like uh, yeah, you know, Caleb Williams call- yeah, reps came week. back against Texas? Yeah, Ooh. yeah, it must be nice to have the number one quarterback in the nation of a high school class. Come in as your backup. The number one quarterback in the nation. Weird. Right. Yep. Cool. Weird how that works. Yeah, he he brought them back from like eighteen down in the the late third. I want to say. Mm-hmm. I can't believe um, that. That was fucking. Re- I'm. You know what? I shouldn't say this, but I was sitting there in the press conference and immediately, like, I had it in the background, like, just as <laughs> as Greg's talking, and I'm just sitting there. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, like, oh my god, score! They're gonna score! Yeah, that that Mims touchdown from Caleb Williams, yes. where he like rolled all the way to the one side of the field and launched it like fifty yards to the opposite end zone, <laughs> drops support the end zone. And like, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't help but watch it. It's just like sitting there. I'm like, oh my god, this game's yeah. nuts. Like, <laughs> oh, and damn, and Texas should have won, man. They fucked up bad. But, yeah, for sure. Yeah, whatever. I mean, hey, OC Kyle Flood though, putting up numbers. Wild. I, I wonder if he's actually calling plays or if he's just the OC in I, title, kind of how he was at Rutgers. Yeah, hey, it's probably just OC in title if I had to guess, but who knows? Yeah, mad before him that he was able to revive his career, but yeah. Yeah. Didn't do many favors to Rutgers. He'll be back one day. You never know. I can't. I, do you actually think that's? <laughs> you actually think that would happen? I can't imagine him going back. No, no it's uh no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I could see him coaching like like a Temple or something maybe, but I could see him getting like uh like I think he'd thrive at Delaware. Mm, yeah. Some. I mean, he coached. Didn't he coach there previously? Or am I? I don't, he wasn't head coach, but do you think he was like a line coach? Right? Yeah, he was a line coach. coach. Yeah. yeah. I think, think that would be a, a pretty big step down at this point. Like, he went from, like, O-line coach at national champion, undefeated season <laughs> Alabama, OC at Texas. I can't imagine going to a, an FCS school as a head coach. Wow, mm-hmm. He's such a nice guy, too, though. That's, mm-hmm. that's, like, the thing that hurts me the most is that he didn't succeed. He's such a nice dude. Like, yeah. Ah, I don't know. Oh, well. Now, moving on. So, uh, before we preview Northwestern, I wanted to kind of give some kudos to some uh, – Rutgers programs who might actually win a Big Ten title this year. We haven't ever won a team Big Ten title uh, since we got to the Big Ten, but we have two legitimate contenders for fall sports. Mm-hmm. Since those seasons are starting to wrap up, I just kind of wanted to highlight them. Um, the first one is women's soccer. Uh, they're probably the most likely to win a Big Ten title. Mm-hmm. Right now they're ranked number nine in the country. They're 11-2. and two. They're Undefeated in Big Ten play, actually. Uh, they just beat the, the second – highest ranked big 10 team in Michigan last week, four to four to one. I think Michigan hadn't allowed more than two goals in a single uh, game all season and Rutgers just blew them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, their top players are uh, a Penn state grad transfer uh, girl, Frankie Tagli- Tagliaferri. Uh, she's leading the team in points by far. She's got 26 total points, 10 goals, six assists. Uh, the second highest point scorer is uh, Riley Tiernan. She's mm-hmm. got four goals, seven assists. And then uh, Myra Ali, she's got four goals, five assists. She came back for an extra year, actually. Um, but this Tagliaferri is like – it's like a Russell Wilson-level grad <laughs> transfer for Rutgers soccer in mm. terms of the impact that she's had. Mm. Um, so what do you guys – do you guys think it's more likely than not they'll win a Big Ten title this year, women's soccer? Right. Um, I, know, I know obviously Rutgers is searching in any sport for its first Big Ten title. Um, you know, women's soccer in the past, um, they've obviously have been really competitive within the Big Ten, made the NCAA tournament. Um, but the one knock on them was basically just playing defense, trying to keep it 1-0 or so. 
And uh, but this year they're they're really scoring scoring like crazy. It's a big big turnaround, and they're still playing 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 defense at the same at the same rate. So, um, I think I think you hit the nail on the head. I think they're definitely uh, the best chance, best team with the best chance to win a Big Ten title, maybe a national title down the line uh, this season. Um, yeah, they've been really scoring really well. You know, like you said, Frankie has been um, unbelievable. Uh, Amir, Amir Ali is always a big time scorer. You know, she comes up clutch uh, once in a while. Uh, Raleigh Tierney is very good. Her sister played here also. I was, I was gonna say that is her sister, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think she, I think her sister might be still in the uh, women's soccer league professionally. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe so. Um, yeah. But yeah, they they play with well. I I haven't really watched them of late. I the last game I watched against uh, when they beat Penn State um, a couple of weeks ago. I guess at this point, I guess it was a while ago. I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, they've been <laughs> they've been just playing playing really well. Field, uh, field hockey is the same way. Um, I know I know um, they. Pretty much every team they've you know played so far has pretty much been ranked. Like it's pretty, yeah. pretty crazy. Um, the Big Ten's insane. Um, I think Iowa I think is ahead in the Big Ten there. Uh, but you know Rutgers is no slouch. Obviously they have eight ranked wins. Um, the only only losses to or is to Iowa like I said and another ranked team. Um, so yeah, field hockey and women's soccer they're just really killing it right now. Yeah, I was looking at uh, like the top point scorers and like their eligibility on soccer. And outside of Ali and Frankie, like most of their like their best players in terms of points are freshmen or sophomores. So this is a team that looks like they could just be retooling next year. I know they got that girl, Emily Mason, who is like the youngest girl on the uh, women's national team roster. Mm -hmm. Uh, So she was like basically the number one recruit in the country or close to it. So this could be a team that's got some some staying power moving forward, too. Yeah, I know. I know Mason. I think I'm not sure if she was. I think she was definitely a two time, at least two time Gatorade New Jersey player yeah. of the year. Yep. Um, I'm not. I I want to say she was national. I could be wrong on that. Uh, but definitely New, but but definitely New Jersey at the very least. Yes, yeah, from uh Hunter Central. Yep. Thank so you. kudos to those teams. Uh, sorry, Rich, what were you saying? No, no, you're good. I'm just curious. You guys know where the tournament's held this year? The soccer tournament. Yeah. I want to say Penn State, but. I know the the um, the field hockey tournament's gonna be at Rutgers this year, which is yeah. pretty awesome. That's that that's big. That's that should big. be pretty cool over there behind mm-hmm. the behind the rack, right? Yep, yep. That should be interesting. Yeah, you kind of hit the nail on the head. I don't. I I'm gonna admit I don't watch a ton of uh, soccer <laughs> field hockey, but they, right. they are killing it. I noticed on Twitter, social media is kind of exploding. I guess a little bit among the Rutgers nation mm-hmm. in terms of uh, following it. So it's kind of cool to see. I do think I I'm gonna go with uh, soccer though. I think soccer wins it. Yeah, I'm going to go the same. Um, so now we'll start the preview of Northwestern. Uh, you guys want to talk about a little bit about their team, what their strengths and weaknesses are? Well, the two and three. Yeah, they're, they're not the best. They're not the worst. I mean, they it, it's weird because, like, they played pretty good against Duke. Mm-hmm. They played uh, – I, I say they played pretty – if you look at the score, they played they – play, if you look at the score against Michigan State, it looks close, but they were actually destroyed pretty much mm-hmm. throughout the entire game. I think they had seven points in the first half, first three quarters, mm-hmm. and then the rest was kind of garbage time. They don't have a quarterback situation, or they have a quarterback situation going on over there. Uh, Hunter Johnson started three games. Ryan Hillenski, I think mm-hmm. that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, he's he's starting. He's starting on Saturday. Yeah, he, he's starting now, so now it's like, what, what the fuck's going on here? They just got ran by Nebraska two weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, 56-7, not good. Uh, their starting running back was injured before the season started in Cam Reporter. And now they have Evan Hole, who has actually been pretty good. Numbers yeah, wise. He's probably been like their most electric playmaker on their entire offense by oh, far. I mean, I just, I don't know what to think of this team. I know Hulinski hasn't thrown a pick yet in those three games, but he's also like, and then on top of that, like they had a kid, Andrew Marty, who was supposed to start, I guess also, and then got hurt. So now it's like, I don't know. This is such a weird team. I don't really understand what to think of them because they, I can't believe they were top 10 last year. And this year they're just like terrible. Well, I know they lost a ton of starters, but it's, it's such a weird, weird team. And I, I think I was telling you guys this before the, uh, before the, we started all this, but Stefan Robinson, their leading receiver is a teammate, former teammate of uh, Jalen Chapman and actually wanted to come to Rutgers really bad at one point, And Chris Ash just didn't want to offer ended up going Juco went to Kansas and now transferred to Northwestern. So, I mean, if they keeps on giving, yeah, like <laughs> I, I got to mention them once every podcast. At least. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We got to highlight some of the stuff yeah. that could have made us better. Got like a slight, sure. like slight obsession with the guy, you know? <laughs> well, I know, I know, I know Monday, 
Um, somebody asked Shiano about, you know, Northwestern as a team and, and Shiano was saying, you know, how they're kind of sort of like a mirror image of Rutgers, how they're similar in style, I guess, the way they want to build the program, run the program. Uh, Pat, Pat Fitzgerald is a very good coach. Um, he's really, you know, made Northwestern into a very consistent team in the Big Ten on the West side. Um, I know, I know I was talking to Shameen Jones and Noah Vedral yesterday, and they're both saying that their team is well coached, they're disciplined, and they also echo the sentiment how they see similarities in, in both programs. Um, they have two weeks to prepare for Rutgers. Their defense is, is usually stingy. Um, so I think um, I, th- I, th- I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be close. I think it'll be low scoring. Um, they have they have a couple good good players, you know, sprinkled sprinkled around offense, defense. Um, they don't they won't wow you, um, but you know they didn't really wow that much last year too, and they they did what they did last year, win the division. So um, I think it'll be a close game. It's on the road. Rutgers has played well and and better on the road, frankly, uh, the last two years. Um, I know um, they're asking, you know, Shannon about that uh, on Monday also. He didn't really have an answer for it, really. He's, maybe the routine was good and everything. But, um, you know, maybe we'll see Rutgers come out. Um, you know, the offense, uh, you know, for Rutgers is, you know, we, I mean, you don't, you don't know what you're going to get for the, from the Rutgers offense. Um, but, but the defense should be able to be able to play well. They're just an interesting team. I mean, the more I look at it, their defensive line is actually pretty decent. I did like that throwback Thursday piece looking at like the recruit rankings. Mm-hmm. They all ranked like relatively high, like mid to like high three stars, a couple four stars sprinkled in. They're like, I don't think they're that bad. I think a lot of people are going in this game like, oh, yeah, Northwestern, we're going to beat the shit out of them. Like, mm-hmm. no, I don't think it's going to be an ugly game, in my opinion. It's mm-hmm. going to be like a rock fight, and whoever hits one with the rock harder is going to win pretty much <laughs> sure i mean i mean northwestern beat Rutgers last time they played a couple years ago at Rutgers. so yeah and, and this is the first Clayton. first trip to northwestern as a big 10 team for Rutgers. so it's clayton thorson right yeah i honestly i just remember northwestern running, running i don't remember i don't even think i was at that game for whatever reason um but i just remember northwestern was just 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 was able to to run the ball late I, th- I think it was Clayton Thorson at quarterback. I might be wrong, mm-hmm. but uh, regardless, if you look at their, like, I know no one likes, not everyone likes PFF grades, but their top edge rusher, I, I'm not even going to s- pronounce his name, Adi, Tom- Adi Tamawa, maybe, mm-hmm. I guess, sort of. Uh, 83.2 pass rushing grade this season on 260 snaps. Like, that's mm-hmm. pretty fucking good. It's pretty good. Against better than any, at, that's only better than any Rutgers lineman in terms sure. of PFF grade. Yeah, and it's against tackles that, like, we don't even know who the left tackle is half the time. Yeah, switches every series. Like, yeah, not good. And yeah. and going back to Rich's comment about it being, you know, a, a rock fight. I, I recorded my sim uh, just before this, and uh, it was a rock fight. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just gonna put it like that. It was low scoring, so if it's anything like the sim, it'll be a rock fight. <laughs> it's just yeah. Like I I think they do have a lot of the same deficiencies as us too. Like on defense, like. They don't have any real playmate. They have a guy who was first team All American last year. Their safety, Brandon Joseph, but he's had a rough season. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't really have like a ton of great athletes. They look pretty slow in the, in the games I've seen them against their three Power Five opponents. They've only gotten three sacks combined, so they're not going to put a ton of pressure on Noah. Probably, uh, I think we do have overall more team talent than them. Like this is a game. If Rutgers is going to go to a bowl game this year, they have to win this game. Oh, for sure. So it'll be a, a huge measuring stick. Like we've said, how many times have we said measuring stick the last few weeks? Like this is like test. a true measuring stick. This is the witness if we're test. Decent or not? Yeah. This one's the witness test. No, then this one's the witness test. No, 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 no. This one, like. Yeah. Uh, the more I look into these grades, like they have, they have a linebacker, Chris Chris Bergen, mm-hmm. who has a higher PFF grade in tackling than. One, two, three. He's got the high, like uh, highest by far compared to Rutgers, like in tackling. Mm-hmm. They have like they, they have dudes on defense. Like this is not going to be no easy task for uh for Noah Vedral. And right. it goes back to like you said before, like they have deficiencies. They both have similar deficiencies. They both have quarterback issues. They both have offensive yep. issues, which leads me to believe that this game is going to be like combined forty points, not even maybe. Not even yeah. Probably, I'd probably go yeah. less. I'll, t- I'll take I'll take the under. I'll take the under on that one. So Northwestern, if you look at like what they want to do as an offense, they want to run the ball. Like mm-hmm. in the two games they've lost, mm-hmm. I mean in the two game in the uh, in the two games they've won. I'm sorry, they have less than 100 passing yards in each game. Like they're just running the ball with with Evan Hall as much as they possibly can. Like they mm-hmm. want to basically grind out games. They can, if we go up on them early or cause some turnovers and they have to throw their way back into the game, Rutgers are gonna. Is gonna beat the 
you know what out of them but i don't <laughs> see that happening uh but then again if Rutgers gives up one of these like evan hall's last game he had a 90 yard touchdown mm -hmm. two games ago 90 yard touchdown it's like oh shit like kenneth walker 2.0 here we go <laughs> yeah yeah so i don't know it's it's, it's gonna be ugly i just I can't say that enough <laughs> I agree. I think it's going to be a game that uh, will make a lot of eyes bleed, but hopefully at the end we, we walk away with the W. Um, we're one and a half point favorites right now, I believe. Um, okay. That started as a pick em, so I guess there's some money coming in on Rutgers. So yeah, I, maybe that's a, a good sign. A good sign, I guess. But I mean, it also could just be the fact a lot of Northwestern fans are trying to bet on Rutgers. <laughs> that could be. That's also true. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Oh, well, what are you going to do? Yeah. So let's go, I guess, around the Big Ten. Uh, there's only five Big Ten games this week. Um, the first one is uh, number 10, Michigan State, is at Indiana. Indiana is a four-and-a-half-point home dog here. Uh, I was kind of talking to Richie about this earlier. I don't think there's a team that has a tougher schedule this year than Indiana. They've already had to play the number two team in the country in Iowa. They, they lost, obviously. They had to play the number three team in the country, Cincinnati. They lost. Uh, they had to play number seven, Penn State. And three of their next four games, they got to play uh, Michigan State, who's top 10. They got to play Ohio State, top 10. They got to play Michigan, top 10. Just absolutely brutal. I'm glad you brought that up because someone actually asked me on the Ask the Experts today. They're like, when's the last time a Big Ten team played three top 10 teams in a row? Mm -hmm. It happened twice in two weeks. So I will. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the Big Ten. I, I mean, that's what you get when you play in a conference like the SEC or the Big Ten or something like that. You have, you know, teams that are just stacked like that that are ranked. So, I mean, I guess it's not uncommon. Yeah, rearrange the Big Ten. Yeah, yeah. I hope they do the pod thing. Um, That'd be cool. Where it seems like the SEC is probably leaning that way because it's just more money to have like semifinals and then an actual conference championship game. And big, mm -hmm. the Big Ten's going to have to follow suit because it's going to be too much money at stake. Sure. So if they do that, hopefully we get like a regional pod where it's like us, Penn State, Maryland, and I don't West even know Virginia. who else would be in our region. West Virginia. Bring them in. <laughs> yeah, are right. they an AAU school? I forget. Uh, no, probably not. No, they are yeah. a straight up party. They are straight up party school. 100% <laughs> acceptance rate. I mean, a Virginia would be nice in our pod because yeah. uh, they'd be a beautiful school and kind of similar level for us. But mm -hmm. I think we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves here. Yeah. But yeah, it needs to be restructured. The The way it's set up right now is kind of garbage. But. Yeah, it's brutal. If you're a Rutgers, Maryland, or Indiana fan, you're kind of, kind of fucked every year. Yep. So I think Michigan State takes this one. Uh, I'm kind of wary about it only being a four and a half point spread there. Um, but Michigan State proved to me last week they have a lot of talent on offense and indiana has struggled pretty hard this year they've also like we've alluded to had a terrible schedule mm -hmm. but i think michigan state covers here Chris? yeah i'll go i'll go michigan state with the cover as well um i think uh indiana has indiana isn't what they were last year yes they had a tough schedule but i think michigan state will be able to um they've already shown they can win on the road this year also and so I'll go Michigan State with the points. Um, I think their offense uh, pretty much does the same thing like they did against Rutgers and uh, hit, hit some big plays and gets a W here. I mean, after last week, Peyton Thorne, pretty good. Kenneth Walker, really good. Mm -hmm. Jalen Naylor had 200-something yards and still isn't their leading receiver, which is wild <laughs> to me. Pretty damn good. Jaden Reed, pretty good. Uh Mark down Kenneth Walker for like over a hundred yards in this game and just run away with this one. I I hit that spread. I wouldn't touch it over under the fuck that 48 and a half. Mm -hmm. yep. So the next game is Nebraska at Minnesota. Minnesota's a three and a half point home dog. Nebraska is probably like the best worst team in the country. <laughs> if that makes sense. Like they're losing a lot of games, uh, but they're competitive in every game. Like they should have beaten Michigan last week. That was a game they completely blew in the fourth quarter. They blew the game against Michigan State as well. I'm going to say Nebraska wins this one, covers the spread. They're they're a good team. They're just getting they're just kind of getting in their own way right now. Yeah, I'll, I'll go Nebraska as well uh, with the points. I think I think they'll cover. Um, I know Minnesota is without the running back Tracing Potts for the rest of the year now. Uh, he got injured. Uh, but Nebraska, it seemed like it was hitting a stride. They, they, you know, crushed Northwestern two weeks ago, and they just won again last week. Um, like you said, they were close. I really, I was actually surprised they lost to Illinois the first week, but that was so long ago. Um, so I'll go, uh, I'll go Nebraska. Uh, yeah, no, no Nebraska, hundred um, percent. 
PJ, I, I like it how it went from Scott Frost to coaching for his job to maybe PJ Fleck coaching for his job now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Bowling Green loss is ugly for them. And uh, I think Nebraska with Adrian Martinez is, like I said this last week, I think, are you the best quarterback in the Big Ten? Mm-hmm. Um, I think you run with him and just kind of uh, roll with uh, the Cornhuskers. For sure. Uh, the next Big Ten game of the week is Purdue at number two, Iowa. I was a, an 11 and a half point favorite here. Iowa coming off the, the huge win to Penn State, which quite frankly, they probably don't get unless that quarterback injury happens. Um, your, and they get Taquan Robertson for 21 pass attempts. Um, so 11 and a half points. I think if, if Iowa could be, I don't think I was the number two team mm-hmm. in the country uh, in terms of talent. Uh, that's a lot of points to cover for a Purdue team. That's not that bad. I would not bet on this game. Um, I would say Iowa wins comfortably, but maybe not by 11 and a half here. Yeah, I'm going to go Iowa as well. Um, with the spread, I think Purdue will cover. Um, I know Iowa has done a, a, a superb job on defense. They have like a, a bajillion takeaways. Um, Purdue's, Purdue's defense isn't uh, isn't too shabby either. Um, but I'll go, I'll go Iowa to win the game, but Purdue covers. Yeah, I'm going to say the same thing. Um, Iowa probably doesn't win last week if Clifford stays healthy. Mm-hmm. Taquan Roberson might be the worst quarterback in college football. Um, Spencer Petras looked decent. Um, I think you just hammer Iowa here. But points-wise, I, I don't know. That 11 and a half, like you said before, Mike, it's kind of a little sketchy there. I don't know if I'd touch that. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, the, <clears throat> the last game before the Rutgers-Northwestern game is uh, – Army at Wisconsin. Wisconsin's a 13 and a half point favorite in this one. It's also the night game for BTN this week, mm-hmm. which don't really get, but uh, yeah, they I would, with schedule. Yeah. They're so bad with it. Between last week's Nebraska Michigan game, this week's Army Wisconsin. No one wants to watch these. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, I, I wonder if it's like Fox stepping in for the, the, Mich- the Penn State uh, Iowa game because that was on Fox. I know, um, but like you want to watch, like you want primetime college football on your network you want people to go to your network no one and i mean maybe a couple people in wisconsin but it's a down year so probably not no one is watching this game at <laughs> fucking 8 p.m on btm i have a hard time trusting wisconsin to cover 13 and a half against an fcs team this year i'm gonna go like that is like you do not want to play army ever on your schedule mm-hmm. like the way that you have to prepare for that team the the amount of cut blocking that's going to be gone, anything could happen. I'm going to go Wisconsin wins in an ugly game against Army, but uh, I would take Army with the points. All right, I don't, I don't know why, uh, but I'm going Army with the win over in Wisconsin. Uh, wow. I think uh, you know like both. <laughs> I'm, I'm being bold. I'm being bold today. I know, obviously, Wisconsin overall has the talent, has the size, you know, advantage over Army. Um, both teams want to go slow. Both teams want to just run, run the ball. Uh, maybe Army, uh, you know, throws in an, a nice little trick play, got, kind of sorted with the run game. Uh, you know, want to steal my whole speech? I'm sorry. <laughs> you want to steal my entire speech that I had? <laughs> you know what? Hey, hey, workers, uh, you know, colleagues, I guess, think of like yeah. or something. I don't know. Army's four and uh, one this year too. Yeah, they're four and one. They're playing well. Uh, you know, so we'll see. I'll, I'll go. I'll go arm with the upset. All right, I'm looking what at What do it. I got to lose? I mean, no, I'm, I, I kind of agree with you. Like, okay. I mean, look at it now. Army throws 69 yards per game. Hammer the overs. Nice. There's your little player prop. No, there you go. Uh, hammer the over on that one. I think they're going to do some, like Chris said, they're going to do some tricky shit, and they're going to fucking throw for 100 yards. We're going to go 100. <laughs> That's bold. That's a bold prediction there. Uh, 100 yards against Wisconsin. They're getting this win. I don't see any way they don't. This triple option is going to wear down this Wisconsin team that's been beaten to a pulp over the past couple weeks by a Notre Dame team. That's not that good. A Michigan team that who the hell knows if they're good or not. And then Penn state, who's pretty good too. But um, yeah, I, I, I like army. I really like army in this one. Grant merits. I said it like two, three weeks ago, overrated. <laughs> Are we the worst starting quarterback in the big 10? I can't say that because I'm not going to say that other name, but I think you guys know what I'm thinking of. <laughs> It's Ryan. Yeah, and, it's, not, it's not Noah Vedral. Let me set this scenario up for you. If Rutgers takes care of business next week and the next two weeks, and Wisconsin's kind of what we think they are, that sets up a matchup at home for Rutgers against Wisconsin. Bowl sure. eligibility on the line. Sure. The Rutgers Brew Fest that weekend. Oh, at, at Rutgers. Chris, you're covering this one. 
<laughs> yeah. Hopefully it's not a 12 p.m. game because uh, nobody's going to get there on time for 12 p.m. If nobody can get there on time for 3.30 p.m. <laughs> if that's a 3.30 p.m. game, I think that would be a pretty raucous crowd with the bowl eligibility part on the line. Yeah. Um, so I, leading into that. Wait, real, real quick. Sure. I, I could see Greg. I know like we, they haven't talked to about, or they've been discussing it internally a little bit about burger, possibly on the Rutgers. Mm-hmm. I could see him pulling some shit and being like Monday after the press conference, burger announces his decision to go to Rutgers and just add to the fuel, the drama, get them all <laughs> pissed off like a little bit. So I, I do want to talk about Berger a little bit before we move on to the Rutgers prediction. Yeah, so yeah. he's obviously been dismissed from the team. Shiano mm-hmm. pushed really hard to get him in the few weeks he was here before he actually signed with Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. What's your guys read on the Berger situation now that we're a few days away from his dismissal? If, if you gave Greg an extra month, like they were supposed to, and they were supposed to hire him and, you know, so-and-so fucked up a little bit. Um, I think Berger would be at Rutgers right now. Um I do think he's very interested in Rutgers. He wants to be at Rutgers. He wants to be back home. Uh, in, in terms of the situation dismissal, it's a little weird. I know they're looking into it a little bit, just trying to get the full details on what happened. Like, it's, it's very weird, and I can kind of see where he might have been a little pissed off. But you can't just be skipping, like, practices and meetings and all that. Right. But I can see where he's a little pissed off, where he's like, hey, like, I'm the starter. I'm a leading rusher going into the season. And then they're like, nah, nah, transfer over here. This guy, starter. And it's like the transfer is not that good either. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's weird. I know there's a new running backs coach and that's played a part in a transfer of the kid. I think it's kids from Clemson, if I recall. So I Gary mean, Brown, I believe Gary Brown was the Rutgers running back coach at one point too. He was supposed yeah. to be one but of those I, two. I think he was, he, or was he supposed to be? I forget. Um, that's so long ago. Jeez. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I do think as long as everything checks out in terms of dismissal, he's at Rutgers within the next year. So we'll see. Yeah, he was the Rutgers running back coach in 2008, by the way. Oh, he was. Yeah, and now in terms of that, though, I don't know if he'll be a running back at Rutgers. Greg liked him at DB out of high school. That's the other thing I want to talk about. He was a recruit for Ohio State, and Greg was the main recruiter. He was recruiting him as a safety. Mm -hmm. What do you guys think he would come in as if he came here? Double hypothetical. If he comes here, what position would he play? (laughs) Me, Alex, and Ryan have like a little recruiting group chat, and we, we debated this like pretty often. Right. It's, it's weird because we all have three different positions on it, too. I like him as like a, a slot back type guy, like a Cordell Patterson, per se. Mm-hmm. Guy that can yeah. kind of receive, get the ball to the backfield, a couple catches, a couple runs here and there. Uh, although Cord- Cordell Patterson's like crazy fast, which Berger's not. But in terms of uh, Ryan Patty thinks that like he could be like this star studded running back, which I, I get a little bit. Um, but I don't think Ryan understands this Rutgers offensive line, so I don't mm-hmm. see that happening. <laughs> and then Alex just swears he's a DB, swears this guy would be a great DB, phenomenal DB, which I can also see. So, I mean, in terms of where they would put him, I think you got to be 100% honest with him. And I think that played a factor in the Wisconsin thing. They didn't really tell him truthfully where he would be playing 100%. And now, uh, I, I don't know. I really don't know where I like where he would go. I do think Greg, like you said, Greg recruiting him as a DB at Ohio State. Greg even liked him as a DB coming out of uh, when he got to Rutgers. So it's, a tough sell but i think if you can sell him on the fact that like greg has put these dbs in the league over and over and over again i don't see a reason why he wouldn't be a db and he'd be a hell of a safety i think he would hit he'd be a hard hitter too yeah i I think i think i could see either either secondary or the you know uh you know a scat back uh, or or slot guy that uh, rich was talking about Mm -hmm. i know the offense needs they need an explosion they need more more weapons i think he can provide that i know kyle manungai uh his high school teammate um, is really good running back, and a lot of people liked him more than Berger in terms of a running back. Um, also, that's running back uh, on the team. Yeah. So I mean, we'll see. Yeah. So I mean, I I think I think I would put him on offense somewhere. Uh, but um, as we talked about earlier, Rutgers just does need some secondary help also. So I think you think either way. So if he does want to come here, basically, but he only wants to play offense, do you think it's one of those where we'll yeah we'll start you at offense, we'll see how spring practice goes. Uh, and if you, you know, if we want to make a switch, we'll talk to you about it. Or is it just, he's going to come in as one position. I, I think you just be honest with him. You tell him straight up, like, Hey, we'll try it offense. But if it doesn't work out after like a couple weeks, I'm telling you right now, you're moving to defense. Uh, if you don't like it, see ya, Peace. But I, I think you got to be very clear with him right away. The fact that he has a couple like pop Warner teammates on the team already from uh brick city lions. I know drew Singleton played there. I can't remember who else. 
there's a couple of dudes. I just can't remember off the top of my head on the team that played at uh, that Brick City program. So, I mean, just being back with your friends too and like close, close family members and stuff like that, I think that will play a factor too and help him like embrace his role wherever it, it will be. Mm-hmm. So it's a tough one. Gotcha. Yeah, that was something uh, I wanted to talk about. I'm glad you guys brought it up. But uh, yeah, potentially a guy that we would go after from what we're hearing. Um, last game in the Big Ten of the week is our focus this week. It's Rutgers at Northwestern. This game opened as a pick em. Rutgers is now a one and a half point favorite. Uh, I think this is a game that Rutgers will win. Uh, I think they'll be able to exploit Northwestern's pretty awful defense. They're like 111th in the FBS in terms of yardage allowed per game. Um, I think Rutgers wins an ugly game, forces a couple turnovers, maybe has a big play on special teams, depending on health of certain guys. I think Rutgers wins this one 24-13. I'm going to go Rutgers as well. Um, They've been playing well on the road. Um, The one thing that is kind of intriguing also is Northwestern had to buy last week, so they do have more time to, to prepare for Rutgers. Um, they're, you know, more rested and everything. Uh, Rutgers coming off of three games against ranked teams. Um, but I will go Rutgers. I think the defense, uh, you know, gets a key takeaway and makes the play happen. And uh, they win a close one, a close, low scoring game. I mean, it's, it's going to come down to, I think, if the guys are healthy. If Melton and Krupschenk are healthy, I think there's no doubt in my mind Rutgers wins this game. If they're not, and we, like I said, uh, I posted on the board the other day, Melton like is still posting on like Snapchat and Instagram and stuff like that with in a swing. So it's not confident there, but who knows with Krupschenk. If those guys are healthy though, to play this week, I do think they, they win. If not, it's going to be a lot closer than it should be. And I, I really think this could be coming down to like a last possession type thing. If those guys aren't healthy. Uh, yeah. Northwestern's defense sucks, but I do think Ryan Hoinski, their third string quarterback, who's now starter has been very good with keep, keep uh, very good of taking care of the ball. Sorry about that, guys. Looks like we lost Richie there. He did give a score prediction. Uh, his score prediction for this game is 21-17. to 17. He thinks Rutgers is going to pull this one out, but it's going to be an ugly game. He says slam the under. Uh, and that is it for us today. Thanks again for listening, guys. This has been Episode 4 of the Night Report Podcast, and we will see you next week. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.